wonderful show is Keeping Up With The Joneses. Welcome to episode 207 of Keeping Up With The Joneses, where this week we're going to talk about the church. But before we do that, baby, how you be? I'd be good. Good. Our whole house smells like Christmas. It does. For the first time in my adult life, mm-hmm. I have bought a real Christmas tree. We did. Which I kind of feel a little bad about doing. Why? Because it seems like a waste. Well, we got a really good deal on our Christmas tree. Does that make you feel any better, Mr. Scottish Jones? No, no, no. It isn't coming from a money perspective. It's coming from we literally paid somebody to chop down a tree. That's and what they do for a living. We're providing food for their family. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I actually don't care that much because it smells so good. And I've been eating clementines, so it feels like Christmas is here. Yes. And throw in the cute little MJ, our six-year-old, has been singing Feliz Navidad. Although he doesn't know the words, but he just... <laughs> he just knows those two words. <laughs> and he sings that, and it's just absolutely beautiful. Babe, he keeps asking me to beatbox for him and to rap. He's convinced that the rap thing that you made, I can actually do. I, was, I wasn't I was going to talk about that till the end of the show. I'm sorry. Um, stay tuned if you want to hear more about AJ's <laughs> hip-hop rap career. <laughs> but we'll get so sidetracked if we talk about it right now. It's true, it's true. You were asking me how our week was. Our week was amazing because we went to the beach... We did. We went to the beach. Yeah, and the the weather was great. It was, you know, whatever, 65 to 70 most days. It was sunny. You know, it wasn't like hot enough to swim unless your children. Uh, But yeah. Didn't you take the children into the water a few days? They, They weren't in the water. I didn't. No. No. I didn't go near the beach. No. Our friends Gary and Sarah from Australia were with us, and so we took some time off work, headed down to Florida for a, a little mini vacation. And uh, Gary doesn't like sand, so we walked to the beach so he could look at it. We took some photos, mm. and then neither mm. of us went on it. Mm. It was just great. It was well. Neither of you really like sun either, so you both kept your British skin in shade while it's Sarah not, and I went and and cavorted with the children in the sand. Yeah, it's not that I don't like sun per se. It's that I didn't have sunglasses, so. Between the water and the sand, there was lots of reflection and it gave me a headache just mm-hmm. a few minutes being on the beach. He hates being on the beach. Yes, he doesn't like the feel of sand nope. and how dirty it is. <laughs> and I, I'd i like to mock him, but I have to talk to myself the whole time on the beach like, it's okay. You can get this off. It's okay. Do you really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, I just don't like it because sand gets in all the imaginary electronics I don't have with me. <laughs> No, I just don't like the feel of sand on my skin. Oh, I love it. Oh, yeah, I don't. Yeah. But I, you know, just happily grounded and just thought to myself, I'm doing something good for my body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we we got back just in time for Thanksgiving. In fact, we drove back on Wednesday, which was apparently the busiest day of traffic in America. Which would explain how a six and a half hour drive became a 10 hour drive. No, not on the way back. The way back was fine. No, it darling, was, it wasn't. Do it, you remember? Do you remember how Waze took us? Uh, and it was going to take us around. So we took a detour mm-hmm. around 65 onto a little highway. And then that little highway was stopped, of course, because everybody took that detour, courtesy of Apple Maps. And then Apple Maps told us about another detour. So we turned down some kind of country road and ended up and at a, a dead end <laughs> and had to come back out. And then Waze told us to turn left. So we turned left and ended up in somebody's driveway, like a really long driveway. So we were just sort of laughing. Yeah, it was so wasn't funny. that delay due to like technology and not so much the crazy traffic of the day? Well, I, don't, I don't think the traffic was that the bad. The traffic was pretty bad. We, we, 
we still took about 10 hours to get home. How much of that, though, was Gary's insistence that we stop at Cracker Barrel? I know. It's so strange. I I, uh, I don't understand anybody's fascination with Cracker Barrel, I have to say. Each to their own, baby. You love Swiss Chalet, which is the Cracker Barrel of Canada. It is not. There's <laughs> nothing sharp hanging from the walls in Swiss Chalet. And it's beautiful. It's a glorious <laughs> thing. And the French fries. Mm, mm, let's move on. <laughs> you're so confused. We got back in time for Thanksgiving. Yes. But I had this revelation that Thanksgiving means nothing to me. Because I didn't grow up with Thanksgiving. So I realized that we've been in the U.S. 10 years. I'm realizing we're first generation um, immigrants. But our kids are being raised here. And there's a danger that we haven't done a good job of giving them a proper American cultural experience. So I reached out on Instagram and asked all my American followers what everyone does on Thanksgiving. And there was a few recurring themes. Yes. The first one was watching the Macy's. Day Parade, is that mm-hmm. what it's called? Macy's? Yep. Macy's Day Parade. Macy's Day Parade. Mm-hmm. But it was too late for that because... We didn't watch it. We didn't watch it. Well, we don't have live TV. No, and so. it doesn't sound that interesting, but apparently something you do. Then everybody else mentioned you have family, and we kind of did our best with that. We have some family in America, but they're not Americans either, so I don't know what my sister and brother-in-law did for Thanksgiving, but they're, they're probably similar to us. But we did have extended family with us, so yes. we kind of scored on that. And then yep. everyone talked about food. Yes, most of the posts were about food, weren't they? Yeah, turkey's a big feature. Mm-hmm. I don't like turkey. Neither do I. I don't mm-hmm. understand the fascination. It's a dry, nasty meat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sweet potato casserole. Yuck. <laughs> this is the episode <laughs> where we just dance on the grave of Thanksgiving. I apologize to all Americans. I don't understand sweet potato casserole because basically it is sweet potatoes, which is a perfectly good vegetable, and then... People melt marshmallows on top of it. Well, that's just called upgrading vegetables. Oh, yeah, I can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Mashed potatoes, pumpkin pie, all that sort of stuff. Yum, yum. And then everybody had this great tradition of saying what they're thankful for. I think that was the only one we did right. Yes. Because we missed the Macy's Day Parade. Um, and we food, missed the turkey. Well, the food we went with was we went with roast chicken and lamb. We did, but we didn't realize until we were about to put the chickens on that we were out of propane. Schoolboy <laughs> error. So I I ran to get propane. You did. You yeah. did a great job of rescuing that. Yeah. And and then we yeah we did do the whole going around the table thing. We did. We need to get better at that. Fourth of July is all about blowing stuff up and eating apple pie. Labor Day is about grilling out. And Thanksgiving is turkey. We probably need to um, invite ourselves to some real Americans, you know, holiday meals so that we can kind of watch what they're watch what they're doing. Because I do feel bad that my kids see. I grew up with like bonfire night. Remember, remember the fifth of November. Nobody over here knows who Guy Fox is. No, but it was a big tradition. If you go buy like really, really cheap, nasty fireworks, and you you huddle with all your friends, and then you blow stuff up, and then I have a vivid memory of you and Glenn setting off fireworks in a field and screaming like little girls when they started going in the wrong direction. That's cultural heritage. <laughs> <laughs> and what, what's our cultural heritage? Our kids missing out on wow. because we're not good Americans. It's true, but we had chicken and lamb. So forget chicken and lamb. We had pot de creme. <gasps> we did, and they were amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a problem with eating when you have friends in town and you're on vacation. I've put on 10 pounds. Did you weigh yourself this morning? Okay. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> 10 <was> pounds. 
I mean, if you're going to do something, do it well. That's a shocker, isn't it? (laughs) I told AJ this. I haven't told podcast listeners this. On the day back that we were driving, we left our rental property at like 7.30 in the morning. Yeah. And our plan was to get breakfast on the road, but the the, the prophet wanted to go to Cracker Barrel, and that was like two hours away. So I needed to eat something. So we stop in at a gas station, and I look around the gas station thinking, what do I want for breakfast? And the healthiest options. There was there was hot dogs. I was like, I am not eating a hot dog. At seven, <laughs> I'm not eating a gas station hot dog. Good decision. At 7.30 in the morning. <laughs> Good decision. So I grabbed an Almond Joy, which for our British listeners is basically like a bounty. It's like coconut wrapped in chocolate. And uh, it's pure health food and Tropicana. I'm thinking, you know, like there's the cocoa bean, there's cocoa <laughs> nut, and there's orange juice. It's kind of like a paradise breakfast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I get in the car and I'm about to, I, I unwrap the almond joy and I lift up to my mouth to eat it. And as I lift up to my mouth to eat it, my Apple Watch taps me and it's basically my fitness notification that says, in effect, it's like, hey, buddy, you haven't weighed in in 10 days. You doing okay? <laughs> As you're like, about to oh. wolf down your almond joy. I was like, forget you worried that, you know, Google and Facebook are listening to your phone and presenting you ads. My Apple Watch is saying, hey, <laughs> you're about to make a really dumb decision. Are you sure you want to do that? But anyway, I, I hope all our American listeners had a great Thanksgiving. Let us know via Twitter, Instagram, or just send us an email about what we should know about Thanksgiving that we missed. But uh, we had a great time. Hope you did too. And then the rest of the week, I mean, my gosh, we've just been on vacation, so we haven't done anything. It's true. Stayed in pajamas and ate food. Yep. It was a good week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. R.T. Kendall was at church this morning. So good. God bless R.T. Yeah. So funny. I love the way him and Jeff rib each other. I don't think some people know what to do with it unless they they've been here for a couple of years and they know every year RT and Jeff spar back and forth all Sunday morning. RT who's from Kentucky, who is an American, spent more time in the UK than I did and I'm British. In fact, he has a proper like pucker accent. No, he doesn't. He has an English accent. No, he doesn't. You, you don't does he have an American accent? Yes, he has an American it accent. It doesn't sound American at all. He doesn't have a British accent. And anyway, I think it's funny that he's he's Potentially more British than I am in his life experience. Nope. According to the government, you're more British. You have the passport. Okay, well, (laughs) granted. Our main topic for this week is all about the church. I woke up this morning to a great post on Instagram by our friend Lyle Phillips. He posted this. um, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. He said this. It was a text post on Instagram, and it said, Today we get to worship God in community. We declare war on loneliness, and some people think it's just church. And then in his comments, he said, Don't you dare stay home today and catch up on This Is Us. Shift the trajectory of your entire week by giving to God your first fruits, your first morning of your first day. You got this. You can get out of bed. You can get dressed and get out the door. I believe in you. And it was this great, you know, partially tongue-in-cheek, but partially huge encouragement to come on, guys, get to church. And so this week's episode is inspired in part by that post, but also this is part of our Back to Basics series, where we're taking what we consider the 10 most foundational basic things for Christian life and talking about them, and church is a basic. Yeah, I think this is a really um, important topic because I know lots of Christians who actually – while they're Christians, don't go to church. They're actually negating going to church. 
And it makes me super sad because I think by not belonging to a church, it's one of the fastest ways to actually delay your spiritual growth. Oh, absolutely. I was teaching SOSL, I don't know, a few weeks ago, I was talking about um, the gifts that Jesus gives to the church in terms of the fivefold ministry. Yeah, it was like two weeks ago. Was it? Okay. Mm-hmm. I've been on vacation, so everything feels like It's all right, baby. Ago. It's all right. I got this. <laughs> Ephesians 4, Paul writes this about the church. He says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ, that's the church, may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And as I was teaching the students this, I was just thinking the only way to maturity, the only way that the New Testament teaches that we will become mature is to be part of God's body. Right. But it's now trendy to not be part of God's body. Right. So you've got Christians who are trying to become mature by bypassing the way that God prescribes for us to be mature. Right. Which is insanity. The only way to reach unity in faith and unity in the knowledge of Jesus and become mature is to be part of a church where the fullness of Jesus' gifts are in operation. And as you said, babe, there's such a popular move today to be independent Christians. Yeah. Like not be in a church yep. or to do Christianity on your own terms, which, by the way, is an oxymoron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the whole thing has nothing to do with your terms. <laughs> the whole thing is dying to self. Right? <laughs> it's like we die to self, get Christ, and then try and resurrect parts of That's us that right. we want control yeah. in. Yeah. That's not what we're called to at all. And, and, and in fact, the very next verses tell you the outcome if you're not part of a local church. Look at, look at this. Verse 14 says... Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. So right there in verse 14, that's the outcome. Most of the people I know who've fallen away from the Lord, or or perhaps not even fallen away from the Lord, but are on the scenic route away from Christ-likeness, can be characterized by that verse. Yes. Right? They're yeah. tossed back and forth by the waves of life. Yeah. Or they're being blown here and there by every kind of teaching and they're seduced into error because they're not in church. Like, literally. I'll scroll through Instagram and see people posting heresy as if it's wisdom and just thinking, oh, God. God, this is... Ah. And then people are like, amen, you know, and you're like, wait, no, wait, what no. what are you doing? Yeah. See, it's heartbreaking. It, it really is. If you're not part of a local church, I, I'm serious as a heart attack right now. If you're listening to this podcast, and if you're a Christian and you're not part of a local church, and I don't mean that you just attend now and then. I mean, if you don't have a church that you call your home, that you attend every week, where you give faithfully your time, your energy, and your money, then I would make that the number one priority of your life this week. Yeah, absolutely. Like find a church and yeah. connect to a church. Yeah. I think, babe, the thing the thing that we have noticed mm-hmm. is that the quality of people's lives, the quality of their relationships, their even their energy, um, their faith. Certainly. All of that stuff, it it will not flourish unless you're actually part of a body. Right. Yeah. It's it's people trying to achieve their own godliness by bypassing God's prescription for godly living. The very next chapter, 
in Ephesians, Ephesians 5. Look at this, what it says. Verse 15. Says, I love Ephesians. There's love no great area. It's, I know. I love all of his so writings. Good. I'm like, okay, we know what you mean. Thank so you. he says this, be very careful then how you live. I mean, come on. That's just amazing. To Christians, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Okay, he he starts by saying, be careful how you live. Don't deceive yourself by thinking you can be built up apart from the church. Right. When God's word says the only place to reach maturity is in the church. Right. So you're saying, like, and, don't and be church foolish. church isn't you and your friend in a coffee store. That's we, not church. Let's, let's talk about That's, that in a second. Yeah. Because okay. people are trying to redefine what church is. Right. You're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Okay. So, so Paul's saying, don't be foolish, but understand what God's will is. And so my question is, what is his will when it comes to the church? I'm answers easy. Hebrews 10, 25. Okay. The writer of Hebrews says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Talking about the Christian family, right? Let's consider how you and I can spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. What's God's will? Not giving up meeting together. Right. It's so simple. Yeah. But But again, it's popular to give up meeting together. And it was popular back then. Like, yeah. it's, like, there's nothing new under the sun. No, that's for sure. Back to Ephesians 5. I feel like I'm doing a Bible study, mm. not a podcast. Look at this. <laughs> Verse 17 says, therefore, right, now that you know what God's will is, like being in a church, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I think it's interesting that Paul contrasts getting drunk, which is a counterfeit affection to the longing of the human soul, mm-hmm. with being in church community. Mm-hmm. Like he's saying, wow. like, don't just stay home and get wasted and kind of like placate the emptiness in your heart. Get in church. Right. Get filled. Right. Yeah. Instead of being drunk with wine, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another. That's church community, by the way. With psalms, hymns, and songs. Get into some corporate worship with your church family. And I think that's probably why I was so struck by Lyle's Instagram post this morning where he says, you know, going to church is declaring war and loneliness. Mm -hmm. And it totally is. If you think about, you know, all of us have hard weeks or weeks where, or even maybe just hard mornings, you know, where you're like, oh my gosh. Uh, I mean, maybe we don't get as far as, I don't know if I'm going to make it, but you know, just having a hard time and coming into the presence of worship and focusing on something different and then being around like-minded people who can encourage you. I think it shifts it, you know, and otherwise, you just carry like a bag of hurt with you throughout right. all your day. Right. You know, yeah. So let's talk about church, because I say church, and everyone who's listening is automatically thinking of something. Like, like my church experience can largely be categorized into three church experiences. The church I grew up in, which I did not enjoy. Mm-hmm. I, I'm very grateful for it, but I did not enjoy it as an experience. Mm-hmm. The church that I found as a kind of a teenager, which is similar to my, that would be the second category. Mm-hmm. And then the third category is 
basically Toronto and Grace Center. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. But I'm realizing there's people who had a church experience where it was like Lutheran, or I went to a Catholic Mass the other week, and I was like, this is so outside of my grid. I have to remember that when I say church, some people think this. Well, I grew up going to Anglican Church and what missed was that, like? that the whole thing was about Jesus. Like, I seriously didn't know until I was 15 that the whole reason I had been going to church, you know, not regularly. Was it my, Smells and Bells Church? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was it was high Anglican. So it was, you know, like you sort of would sing responses and you'd sit and kneel and sit and kneel and stand and sit and kneel and sit and kneel. And, you know, there wasn't really a kids program. And you just sort of sat through the whole thing and lots of choir stuff and yeah, it was, uh, I, I I missed what the whole thing was about. Wow. Yeah. So I knew we were talking about God, but that was about all I caught. Yeah. Right. My yeah. point is, there's so many different versions of church, mm-hmm. you know, that when I say church, you know, stuff will come into our listeners' minds. When you and I are talking about church, what are we talking about? We're talking about a life-giving uh, church, like a spirit-filled, life-giving community of believers that are gathering together on a Sunday morning and worshiping God together. And what would be some of the hallmarks of that church? There would be um, godly leadership. We Check. would we would all believe the word of God. <laughs> wow, that's, that's something radical. Uh, there'd be worship. Yeah, there would be the basic elements. There'd yeah. be communion. There'd yeah. be baptism. Yeah. Um, it would be a group of believers that tithe. Yeah. I mean, all the sort of tenants kind of thing of things that we tend to believe. And it's important that you know that AJ and I are not going after denominations. You you could find a spirit-filled, life-giving, Bible-believing, godly leadership church that believes in baptism and uh, communion in any variation. So Catholic, Baptist, sure. Pentecostal, Anglican. Episcopal, Presbyterian, yeah. The point is you're looking for life, you're looking for leadership, and you're looking for the Word. Yeah. Right, you're looking. You're looking for those elements. So I'm not talking about going to church as an empty ritual or religious observance. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about finding a tribe that you can call your own. I remember the last time we talked about this. Somebody, somebody wrote in and said, "What is the difference between uh, a church and a group of people that are not in church but are just meeting to talk about Jesus?" And I'm like, it looks like you're trying really, really hard to not do church while still getting the benefits of church. And, right. I, and I get it. People have been hurt by the church. But what I don't get is if I go to a restaurant and get food poisoning, I don't come away and say restaurants suck. Right. I, just, I don't. I just yeah. go, that restaurant sucked. Right. And yet people have an experience in church that is bad or people look on the outside at things that churches are doing wrong and conclude church is bad. I'm like, no, maybe that church is bad. Right. Or maybe, or maybe that local not, expression. It's not fitted for you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, w- I think what makes a church a church is having godly leadership. So I meet people all the time who, who say, oh, yeah, no, I don't go to church, but I'm, you know, you know my, my, my friends and I, we just get together and we have pancakes and we talk about Jesus. And I'm like, but, the, but that's not a church. That's fellowship. Yeah. Yep. But it's, it's not church. And I'm glad you're having fellowship, but also go to church. Right. Have some level of involvement in a recognized church because that is God's design for growth. Yeah, and he didn't make a plan B that involves pancakes. 
<laughs> you know, like, we've got nothing against <laughs> denominations or pancakes. No, I just nothing like against either. Um, but you get my point. You know, it's not. I, I think it's so funny because it's it's human nature in so many different areas to look for Plan B because Plan A seems like it might require something of us. Yeah, and it does require something of you to be part of a church means to get involved and you know and serve and be part of a community yes it requires something of you but it is also going to be absolutely life-giving for you and there's a huge benefit let me ask you a question yeah what does a listener do if they don't love the church they're in find a new one <laughs> that's not well, the answer I, I, su- I suppose it depends on why they don't love the church there and like i mean i think it's appropriate to find a different church if perhaps the reasons that you don't love the church you're in are things like your your heart's been awakened to the presence of the holy spirit and and your church doesn't have a grid for that or right. you know things like that then i think it's appropriate to go you know lord thank you for this season in this church would you show me where to go to grow more right um in the next season what you want to be careful though is that you're not you don't become a church hopper out of that and all of a sudden it's you know you're a month here you're two months here you're right. you know whatever because no church there isn't a perfect church no there isn't there just isn't yeah and i just want to say that if you if you live in a different country or you don't live in nashville and you listen to us and we talk about grace center and somehow you've romanticized that grace center is a perfect church grace center is absolutely not a perfect church no there's still lots of stuff we're working on absolutely my my encouragement is if 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 you don't love the church that you're in and you can't find another church that you can love my encouragement is serve the church that you're in Right, love the church that you're in, but supplement your life in the meantime. Right. So I spent many years of my adult life in a church that w- filled with people I loved, but with a church experience I didn't. That makes sense. Yes. And yeah. so I'm with people who absolutely love the Lord and absolutely love me, but what I've tasted outside of my church can't be found inside of my church. And in asking the Lord, Lord, could I could I change churches? I felt like the Lord said, no, actually just serve this church. And here's what I learned is you have a voice when you have equity. You only get equity by being part of the church. Yeah, There's a danger that people go to church to spectate. When you are a spectator, you become a referee. Don't, don't become a referee. Or become a critic. A, yeah, become a participant. Yeah. I would encourage you, no matter where you're in, like if you're not in a church, please, please get in a church. If you are in a church, but it's not fulfilling you, ask the Lord, like, what, what, what's the plan for the season? Like, if it's, if it's not your bread and butter, ask the Lord, is there another church I want to be a part of? If he says, where you, stay where you are, blossom where you're planted. Mm-hmm. Serve the church, pray to the Lord, and ask him to bless your church. Ask him to bless your leaders. Partner with heaven. Do your part, which is faithfulness. God will do his. God will add growth to your life through obedience, not in your preference of soil. Often we think, oh, God, you can't, you can't grow me up in these things because this church isn't X. Or like, right. my church is super seeker sensitive and I want to be Holy Spirit. Or my church is super Holy Spirit and so I'm not, you know, I'm not getting fed the word. Or This is the beauty. If you can be part of the church, God is so able to equip you with other things. Yeah, he can supplement you in other ways. Oh, absolutely. Books, podcasts, conferences, you know, whatever. Yeah. You mentioned church hoppers. Yeah. 
church hoppers, I want to say this as kindly as as I possibly can. If you're a church hopper, and by that I mean you go to this church because you like the worship, and then that church because you like the teaching, and, well, the next church because you want to hang with your friends, you need to stop it. (laughs) Because... (laughs) Because church was never supposed to be consumer oriented, right? I, I, you're making That's a good, huge babe. mistake because you will never grow. My suggestion is pick a church, invest in that church because you will not grow if you don't put down roots. I totally agree. Why did you end up switching from the uh, High Anglican Church to Toronto? I got saved. <laughs> I mean, I, I went away with my cousin on that Baptist retreat right? and found out the whole church thing was about Jesus, which was revolutionary for me. Wow. Uh, and so I started going to the Baptist church, which I went to for about four years um, before I ended up going to the church in Toronto. Mm. So in summary, if you're not in a church, please get in a church. If you are in a church and it's one that you feel like you're quote unquote not being fed, the, the church's job is not to feed you. The church's is there so that you can be part of something that's going to bring everybody to maturity. Mm-hmm. So, f- you know, feed yourself. Feed yourself, I, yeah. I want to be kind in saying that. Um, be part of a local church. Give, tithe, serve, build the kingdom together. Pray for the church that you're in. Pray for the church leaders that you have. And if you're in the middle of nowhere and you have no church, ask the Lord to bring one to you. He, he's so good at being creative in allowing you to fulfill his word. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's so good at that. Mm-hmm. And if you have other questions about the church, write us. We'd, we'd love to hear from you. Go to ellenandaj.com slash ask, fill in your question, and we'll try and answer it on air. Anything else you want to say about the church? I don't think so. I think that's good. I mean, I just, uh, I think, especially when you're hurting, the temptation to not be in church is, uh, it's really high. And I think that there's a lie in our heads that we're like, ugh. I just, I, whatever, I can't do people right now. This isn't, this isn't a good time for me, all that kind of stuff. But actually for me, church has been my place of healing. So I'm super thankful for church. And, you know, obviously you need to be in a, in a church that is, you know, safe place for you to grow and to heal. Right. Um, so those would be the main things for me more than What's the worship like or whatever? Is it a safe place for you to grow and heal? If it is, put down roots and see what God will do. Mm, love it. Baby, I have a listener's question. Okay. Completely unrelated to the church, but equally appropriate for this season of life, I'm sure, for many of our listeners. This is a question the, the person who wrote and asked to be anonymous, and they said, what do you do when you're saying yes to all the things you feel God is leading you to do But doing all the things you feel led to do is starting to feel like too much and overwhelming. I don't want to discontinue any of my activities I'm doing because I feel strongly that there are things God asked me to say yes to. I think we've all probably experienced a season in life like this. What's your top tips for Anonymous? Those are good questions, Anonymous. I don't know if I've always... um walked that line that wisely because I tend to be the person that's like, I said yes, and so I shall do it all. (laughs) And then I end up getting like sick or something, you know, like sort of run down. So I think if you really feel strongly that the Lord has asked you to do all of the different things that you're participating in, then I would be asking him, Lord, how do I schedule this? 
How do I do this? How do I prioritize this? And if if you're asking me to do these couple of things, what what do I say no to in order to be able to say yes to this and not get burnt out or not get exhausted? Um, but have the conversation with the Lord about, okay, this is what I feel like you said yes to. Um, how, how do I do this? Right. I think it's also worth checking with the Lord that your revelation is current. Yeah. Often we're carrying things into a new season that we're meant for an old. Yeah. So asking the Lord, Lord, can we just sit down and could we just reprioritize what, like what's important to you in this season for me? Like what am I saying yes to? And also understand that your yes is accompanied by grace. And so if the grace is lifted or the grace is worn out, it could be that you're saying yes to to old things. Yeah. Um, and that allows the, the Lord an opportunity. Or conversely, it could mean that your yes to the new things is pushing out things that you're holding on to that are not, not current. So, for example, if you're like, I don't have any time to be watching Modern Family anymore, um, you know, and, I, and be able to do all these things that I've said yes to. It might not be the things you've said yes to that's gone to. It might be the Netflix binging. But as always, asking the Holy Spirit is is just a is a great opportunity to to gain wisdom and insight into your life. Yep, babe. It feels like this episode totally flew by. It it absolutely has. Did we cover everything. Did I, tree. did I tell everybody that you bought me a llama mug after murdering my llama balloon? Yeah, let's redeem my name. Yeah, after I stabbed the llama balloon, we got you a llama mug. Yes. The llama mug is much less intimidating first thing in the morning than the balloon that hovers <laughs> over me. Like some mystic creature yes, from the and, depths. And it will it will survive longer, I hope. Yeah. This episode was brought to you by the wonderful support of our incredible patrons. These are good-looking listeners just like you whose lives have been impacted by the podcast, and they want to say thank you with a small financial gift each month. Starting from as little as a dollar an episode, you too can become a patron and get that amazing feel-good feeling every time an episode comes out that tells you, hey, I helped make this happen. To become a patron, visit alanandaj.com slash support and help us spread Keeping Up With The Joneses all around the world. Actually, on Monday, it was Thank You Patrons Day. And AJ, at the start of the podcast, you were talking about your um, hip-hop beats. We made a little thing for our patrons. Explain the behind the scenes of what happened there. Okay, so um, every time we sit down to do a podcast, and we've done 207 of them now, which is shocking, uh, I like to lay down a little hip-hop beat uh, to test my microphone. (laughs) So literally, I turn on all the equipment, and just to make sure that I'm picking up something from AJ, I just say, hey, babe, can you say something? And she insists... (laughs) every week on throwing out like a variation of four or five bars in inverted commas. (laughs) Okay, it's dreadful, but it's fun. And it's like my way of like warming up Mm -hmm. for the podcast. So unbeknownst to AJ, at the start of this year, I started recording those thinking, I'll maybe make them into something like as a a little Christmas thank you to our listeners or or something like that. But I've, I've just been collecting these, which were basically a variation of a theme because once I collected them all, I just realized there's like five essential beats that you just yeah, do over and over I again. I did the same ones, yeah. Including some amazing, I say amazing in, in inverted commas, beatbox bits. <laughs> Baby, love me, love my beatbox. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So with it being Thank You Patron Day on Monday and being that I was at the beach and feeling super relaxed and because I had my laptop... I um 
I imported all of AJ's uh, noises into Logic and started playing around with them, and we made a little song, which, by the way, I'm furious because we uploaded them to Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, but Twitter and Facebook have just got the worst hosting solution ever, so all the audio bitrate was really, really crummy, and it sounded terrible. So if you want to hear uh, DJ AJ at her finest... Oh, and you do... (laughs) Uh, after the closing song, I'll put her, uh, how would you even describe it? Um, pure magic. Sonic bliss. Yes. We'll leave that at the end. I mean, for just you. amazing. All right. Well, thank you for being with us this week. Until next week, have an incredible week. Goodbye. Bye. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games. Paleo donuts and the kindness of God The things we deal with every day From Franklin, Tennessee They are just like you and me Alan and AJ Keeping up with the Joneses Keeping up with the Joneses Sharing their life experiences Keeping up with the Joneses Talk about faith in God And everything under the sun If you are a human being There's something here for everyone Can you drop a beat? A different beat? Check, check, check That's all I've got. All right. I love you, you strange, strange individual.